Welcome back, folks. Uh, we're here with another episode of Natural Bodybuilding Worldwide. Um, we've uh, taken on board some of your feedback uh, with regards to the podcast um, format, and uh, we've we've now um, moved on to various podcast um, downloadable platforms, including the Apple Podcasts. So. Um, mm, Pretty much all of the episodes are uploaded there now, so make sure in addition to the YouTube channel that you um, head over and uh, subscribe. Um, uh, we'll probably be running it like this uh, until obviously we're able to get back in the studio with uh, Chris at Pump Media. Um, so getting straight into business, um, we're back with another amazing guest here uh, today. Uh, it's our first um, figure pro natural competitor with us on the podcast, um, and we're delighted to be joined by Nicole Weeks Boyers. Um, she is uh, a pro figure competitor in a number of federations, and she was the 2019 DFAC uh, Pro uh, World Figure Champion. Um, she also is a regular judge um, uh, at, at many shows throughout throughout the season, um, and she's also um, done quite well in uh, drug-free powerlifting as well. So, um, lots to talk about. So, uh, welcome on the podcast, um, Nicole, and we're also, as ever, joined by uh, my co-host, uh, Chris Edge. Hello, all. How are we doing, Nicole? Oh, we're doing great. Thanks, guys, for having me on the show. Thanks for taking the time to uh, to come on. Um, so congratulations on being the first uh, pro figure athlete, female athlete that we've got um, on the number one natural bodybuilding uh, podcast. <laughs> Next- oh, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. Obviously, um, you know, we've... Uh, you know, we've we've met before. Um, it's another one of those scenarios where you you know you you meet people from all over the world through this uh, odd sport that we compete in. Um, so it's great to uh, to catch up um, just by by Skype. Um, so I, I guess um, you know getting getting straight into things. Um, we usually you know just go go back to the beginning. How did you first sort of find yourself into into training um for one and and how did that sort of progress towards you know bodybuilding figure competitions um uh, you know when did you start becoming a little bit more specific to that that sport um I think my story starts to parallel a lot of of how women um first get into competing or at least into the gym Um, you know, a lot of times we find ourselves either, you know, out of shape or, uh, in need of some kind of a transformation. Um, in my particular situation, I had just gotten out of a a bad relationship, uh, in college. Uh, I was about somewhere in my mid twenties or or early twenties. And, um, you know, just found myself at a, at a chain gym for like something to do, had a free two week pass, gave it a go. Um, a veterans hospital that I was interning at, the doctor had mentioned to me about a 12 week 
transformation. Um, back then, it was Bill Phillips, um, who was, I guess, the CEO of EAS Supplements. We're going way back. And I had a book called Body for Life. And, and so I did the book, did the program. You send in your before and after pictures, kind of a 12-week transformation thing. Yeah. And that's when uh, online forums, <clears throat> excuse me, and message boards were really taking off. So there was quite a community. And um, I did pretty well. I, I think, um, you know, I, I play somewhere like top 10 in their little competition for women in my age group. Um, someone in one of the message boards had said, um, you know, you really ought to try, uh, you know, obstacle course competitions. There was something called the Women's Tri Fitness. There was another competition called the Galaxy, which combined what we would call something like a figure presentation today with some fitness skills and an obstacle course. Um, and I actually tried that. And that was like my first chance at doing uh, anything competitive on stage. And then um, another uh, girl in, in the forum said, um, have you ever thought about doing just figure competitions? This was brand new uh, at the time, uh, 2003, yeah, 2003 or 2004. Uh, some of you may know who David Gooden is. Um, he's a W was a WNBF pro promoter out of Austin, Texas. So I flew down. I lived in Florida. I flew down to Texas and competed in my first figure competition ever, not knowing what to do. You know, uh, just looking at pictures for posing, placed second in my height class, and uh, was just kind of bitten by the bug. Um, you know, you, you get a little taste of like, hey, I could be pretty good at this take the judges feedback and just took off with it and uh by the following year uh two more competitions i had my i had my pro card with the wnbf wow and um and so was it always was it always bigger than you know after your first competition was it always you had your sights set on that or did you have ever sort of think about any you know, of the other classes, like the women's bodybuilding, or I suppose, was it just the two classes mm -hmm. at the time for, for females? Yeah, this was coming out of uh, when it was just bodybuilding and fitness. Fitness, it was was three rounds. It was it was a figure quarter turn presentation in a in a two piece bikini. But then you also had to come back and do a one piece. And then there was a fitness routine, sort of gymnastics, cheerleading, dance routine. So those that may know the names of like Monica Brandt and such, remember that that's like the Miss Fitness competitions that started that. And I think with a lot of us women getting into our later 20s, early 30s, we were just getting too banged up trying to do gymnastics. Um so figure started somewhere around that line, like 2000, 2003, 2004, something like that. Uh, I think like the first pro, like Ms. Olympia for figure was Devana Medina. I mean, those are some old names. Um, so I did actually do fitness. I was a former gymnast uh, as a youngster. So I started doing fitness, but there were really no pro cards to be had and not natural bodybuilding at all for fitness. So figure was it, it was just taking off. And, um, I did try my hand at, at, uh, bodybuilding when I, when I did get my pro card at the INBF Northern States in Buffalo, New York, that would be 2005. I was that competitor. I was that competitor that crossed over into everything. 
I think I did fitness figure and novice bodybuilding. So that I was that I was that girl. Um, but figure was it because uh, the feedback came back that 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 was my physique, that my shoulders, my hips, the hourglass at the time, that was my good fit. Um, and bodybuilding was just such such a challenge, you know, getting the size and the leanness, um, you know, so early in competing. Um, so just figure just stuck, you know, I, and I was a jock, uh, you know, the sporty type, uh, tomboy. So all this girly stuff was learning how to walk in these crazy plastic heels and putting on makeup. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I had to be taught, you know, so, um, you know, I'm a big proponent that even if, if these girls don't, you know, they're kind of worried about posing and all that stuff in those crazy five inch heels. It is something that, that you can learn, you know, it just takes practice. But yeah, figure just stuck. Yeah. Awesome. Um, it's it's funny there that you mentioned the uh, the Bill Phillips book. Um, my brother James will be laugh, laughing when he um re, when he listens to this because my my dad actually had that book. Um, uh, yeah, it's that's a, an old classic, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, I mean no, it was basic basic training. I mean, uh, you know, like a modified pyramid of sorts. You know, mm. upper body, lower body, and hit training. I mean, hit training was just coming out. You know, um, you know, doing cardio in in sprints. Yeah. So when when uh, following going on from your uh, first competitions, um, it's the 2003. You said, uh, mm -hmm. and then you know, was it um, was 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 gaining the pro card eventually when uh, in in you know, five was that always on you, in your uh, in your mind, or was that just something you know that you did you did you work for that, or were you expecting it at all? No, I mean, when I first started competing, it was just a challenge. It was uh, you know, someone said, "Hey, you'd be good at this," and I gave it a shot. Um, I had no expectations of of what would happen. It was just a challenge. Just wanted to have fun, but like I said, after. After after I did well, just that little bit of feedback that, you know, hey, if I actually polished up and figured out what I was doing, I, I might be good at this. Um, you know, why not? I would try to win. And I didn't even understand really what a pro card was, but I had met. I had met two pros. Uh, let's see. Lisa Brewer. Uh, she was a photographer for Oxygen magazine and other high fashion stuff. And then uh, Yelena, Yelena's maiden name was, uh, uh, I think, Jordovic. Her, her name's Yelena Abu, A-B-B-O-U now. And, and they were the first pros out of like the WNBF, your first figure pros. And, um, you know, you just, oh, you know, you're in your in their presence and they're just, you're just so wide eyed because they're so beautiful and they're toned and everything. And, you know, I didn't even think I could even get to that, you know, I, like I'll never look like that. I'll never get to that level. Um, but it was just a matter of just, you know, let's give it a shot. Let's see what I'm made of. Um, so when I actually won, it was like, oh, no, now I got to take it to the next level. You know? <laughs> yeah. And in my and in my first pro show, in my first pro show, I placed 11th out of 13 girls. Uh, and that was the WNBF Monster Mash. I'm going to say 2000. Yeah. 2005 later that year. So, I mean, I got creamed. 
you know, but that's, you know, that's, that's kind of part of it. It shouldn't be easy, you know, to be a pro. I had to, I had to work for those placements. So. Yeah, sure. yeah. And uh, I think, you know, it's, it's almost like, I mean, I guess you, you're, you're a bit of a pioneer of, of, of the class. Cause I mean, what the, it, it started in around about 2003, did you say? Um, so I guess the the class was just starting to evolve, and and um, I guess you and the other girls back then were were part of that evolution uh, of of figure into what it is today. Because um, then obviously we've got the emergence of many more classes nowadays. Um, did did you find that once other classes started coming in, like I know there's things like fit body and bikini, and um, did you find that, that maybe made the criteria change within the figure class um well what was happening and, and i remember because i remember being right in the middle of it um because i as i kept competing and i stayed very committed to the sport and it, it just again from my roots of why i even started uh working out and competing you know d- rebuilding myself and my self-esteem from uh, you know, the, the bad relationship and things like that, competing became a part of my identity. So I, I was really just enmeshed in it. And, and um, it was a mess because we had so many, so many women wanting to compete in the sport, but not necessarily having what it takes genetically and also the discipline to do women's bodybuilding. Now, remember, women's bodybuilding around this time, especially here in the United States, is getting such a bad rap because if you're a female bodybuilder, then you're on steroids, period. That's, that's just the, the, the negative connotation that went with it. So they all wanted to do figure, and the figure classes were just huge. But then you had all these different body types, and it became very difficult for the judges to determine, well, what is our standard? What are we going to reward? We have, you know... Uh, a female competitor who's got great muscle structure, but really she'd be great in bodybuilding, but they didn't want to do bodybuilding because of that negative yeah. uh, connotation that went with it. Because what in the non-tested federations, it was still trickling over that, that negative rap into the naturals. And then you had girls that, you know, had great like long lines. They, they were coming in very, very lean, but like no muscle. So, you know, it, it it became almost like geographic, like, uh, you know, certain body types were being rewarded by certain judges in the north of the country versus the south of the country. Then we started growing in the number of organizations, um, you know, uh, so there, the, the WNBF, the NGA, then there was the OCB. And, you know, they just kept growing and their criteria was different. So it was almost like you know, if I was talking to somebody about the sport and wanting to compete in figure, I was looking at them, seeing what their natural gifts, their traits were in their physique and telling them where to go in which organization, where they're going to be rewarded um, because they were just all over the place. Um, then they started coming out with like the bikini division. Then, oh, we want women's physique. Um, so you have women's bodybuilding, women's physique, but if you're natural, what do you really, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Um, 
and then now we've come out with 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 fit body i think when the dfac came around and introduced ms athletic that really set off like the two general body styles of of women that they're either going to be tall and lean where we would almost say this that's more of a runner's body you know they they can get very very well conditioned but they they're just not going to ever put on the size that would be needed for let's say women's bodybuilding women's physique um, and they don't have that hourglass shape, wide shoulders, long clavicles, wide hips, narrow waist, you know, good, good, good legs, thighs, hamstrings for figure. So the Miss Athletic kind of turned these girls loose into, um, you know, being the best package that they can present on stage without having to soften up. And what I, I all call it like they're dumbing down their physique not coming in softer, trying to be a figure competitor. Um, so I think by about this time, I mean, it was a mess around like, you know, 2007, 8, 2010. But now 10 years later, 2020, I think we've really got a better grasp on um, standards between figure, even bikini to some extent, and now either uh, fit body and Miss Athletic. Um, so it, it's taken a lot of time and, and a lot of arguing and a lot of, uh, you know, sore conversations among, you know, organization presidents and judges. But, um, by now I think we've about figured it out. Um, but yeah, there, it was a mess. It was a mess at one point. Cause it seemed like girls that were just coming in lean with no muscle, uh, were getting rewarded, um, leaving the rest of us in the dust, yeah. you know, not yeah. knowing, not knowing what what we were going to do yeah i guess it is that that it it just it needed that time maybe to evolve um you know these there were new classes and and inevitably it takes time to sort of have developed that consistent criteria to know what everyone's looking for but um that's uh that that's awesome and so we talked there about you getting your pro card in 2005 um and earlier we mentioned that you uh your last competition um in 2019 you won the DFAC uh world title in figure so um you know maybe briefly could you run us through the path in between in between there so <laughs> How you sort of? How do you? Yeah, I was going to say how do you do fifteen years? <laughs> yeah, so how, you know how, how your pro career sort of um, uh, unfolded, um, and maybe just some of the highlights along the way. Yeah, I think um, yeah that first that first pro show um, it was a WNBF Monster Mash, um, still going on today keep that competition in mind because I'll get back to it at the end uh, was my first pro show and I got 11th out of 13 and it was kind of an awakening. Okay. This, this is, I got to raise the bar. I got to, you know, get on, get on this pony and ride it and figure out what I want to do. Um, so I, I went back to the drawing board for um, a year. There was a little bit of a change in the way organizations some Back then, uh, they wanted exclusivity. They wanted exclusivity of, of competitors 
without any kind of compensation though. Um, and we were very limited in, in, in competing at that time. So um, I made the decision to kind of go over the fence, try out some other organizations. And I tried the, the NGA. Um, I did an NGA show in Atlanta and that in 2007. And that was my first pro win. Um, and I, you know, I, I mean, I, I started with an early prep. You know, I wasn't going to do just 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks. I mean, after getting 11th place, it was like by, by after Christmas time and New Year's was done. I'm like, that's it. I've got my sights set for a nine month plan to do this. Um, and just didn't, you know, just trained really, really, really hard. Uh, lots of pull-ups and stuff to, to build out my back and everything that I needed. Um, and then after that, I mean, I kind of sat around top three uh, placements with the NGA, uh, the OCB, um, you know, just kind of floating in between those organizations for like the next 10, 15 years, stayed around top three, top five, uh, top three and top five finishes at Yorton Cup, uh, IFPA Pro Bowl. You know, it always seemed though I was always the bridesmaid and never the bride. I'd always get second place or third place. But I rarely ever won those big shows. You know, I could do a small show and win a small show, but the real competition is in those titles. Uh, so up to that point, I had never had a title. Um, I did a, let's see. I did a show. I did, I'm trying to think. It was a, the name of the uh, promoter is Fred Roulette. That was N-A-N-B-F, W-N-B-F. He was out in Kansas City, Kansas. And I got, again, second or third place, something like that. And I remember meeting an amateur competitor. Uh, she had just won her pro card. Her name was Alexandra Ellis. And um, I remember her coming up to me, you know, we had a conversation, you know, and how she's like, oh, you know, I won and, you know, I look up to you and all this stuff and. Little did I know, you know, uh, not too many years later, we'd be sitting backstage at Worlds and she's just like, I always looked up to you. And now she's kicking my butt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, um, I've never met Alex, but um, I, I, I would very much like to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but that, that's something, though, that's happened a couple times, you know, where I, I get to meet a budding, newly minted figure pro at a show that I'm competing at as a pro and they're like, Oh, you know, I follow you on Facebook. Oh, you know, and then I, next thing you know, they're standing next to me yeah. and they're in the middle and I'm off to their side, you know, <laughs> second or third place. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've also promoted shows. So I became a promoter in Florida. Uh, I did some shows, um, and, and really I, I had been friends all, for many years since those first pro days with Rich Fitter. And uh, I remember those the first time I did the WNBF Worlds. When I did WNBF Worlds in, in 2005, I, I placed fourth, I think. I made top five. And it was the first time I'd seen the BNBF team walk in uh, with, their, with their suits on, you know, their track suits with the matching jackets and everything and how intimidating they were. <laughs> and their, their team captain, Vicki McCann, with her hair all braided up 
And I mean, you're just in awe because it's just it's such a sight. It's very intimidating because Americans, we're just so disorganized, um, you know, and uh, I became really good friends, you know, with Rich Fitter and Vicky, and we stayed in touch on and off all those years. So when I had heard as a promoter now in like 2008, 2009 in Florida, that they were starting the DFAC, um, I kind of just sat and, and watched and, and just saw what they were doing because I, I was just like, oh, really? Another organization? Like, how many do we need in this alphabet soup? <laughs> but what I really admired was their first and foremost was what they were, were their standard and figure, that they weren't going to, they were going to stick to the standard. They, they weren't going to go off the line. Bodybuilding is bodybuilding. Figure is figure. You know, Miss Athletic is Miss, Miss Athletic. And if you don't have it, just because you look great, you're not going to get the placement. Yeah. Um, and then drug testing. Uh, drug testing had become a mess in the United States. Um, they just weren't testing for things. Um, they were just doing these uh, cheap five-minute polygraphs. And it just really, I really felt that with the WADA testing that the DFAC was dedicated to, that it was definitely worth my presence after at that point, you know, 10, 12 years and competing that this, this is voting with my feet. This is the direction I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I did my first DFAC show. I think it was 20, 2013, 20, yeah, 2013 in New Jersey. Um, first place, Alex Ellis, second place, Nicole Weeks Boyers. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, but I was, I, I was taken, I was really taken by how we were treated and how much fun it was. And that, DFAC stage, um, just the quality, the absolute quality of uh, the whole competition and, and how the production was put on. Um, so I, I did the DFAC Worlds and, and I did it for like the next, what was it, four years. It was like second place, third place, third place, fourth place, third place. I'm like, are you serious? You know what I mean? It was, it, it, the, the world's has been the absolute most difficult, most challenging competition I've ever done. Because when you bring on international competitors, you have no idea what you're going to get. You can only come in at your absolute best. You have no idea. You can't chase anybody. And I'm someone who chases, I, I pick somebody that I admire as a competitor and I'm like chasing them. Like I've, I, I want to compete against them. I want to stand next to them and I want to beat them, um, you know, for my own motivation. Yeah. But at worlds, it's like, you have no idea what you're going to get. Um, Cause you can think someone's going to show up. They don't show up. Next thing you know, someone from Australia or the Cayman Island shows up that you don't even know about. And they look phenomenal because all you can do is focus on your, your best self. And, it, and it's, you know, just the most fun, most fun. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, you know, you say, you know, people shouldn't chase other people, but it, I guess, yeah, you're right. It's, it's healthy to have someone that you um, look, look to and think, yeah, they, they set a good standard there. And if that's what gives you the motivation to internally keep going and keep training and bringing up those body parts and stuff, you know, right. um, but it, it's kind of like refreshing to hear that even, you know, and I think some of the uh, ladies out there that's probably going to listen to this, will be uh, thinking, you know, that that that's refreshing for them to hear and reassuring that even a, a figure pro such as yourself with, with the standard that you set still has people that they look for look to for external motivation, so to speak. Absolutely. I mean, I, I that's the motivation I need, you know, like we're in lockdown, you know, 
And those competitions are still going to come up at the end of the year in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And in my mind, you know, in an, in a normal, normal atmosphere, normal environment, I'm thinking, you know, using, using my, my good friend, Alex Ellis, as an example, you know, when she was competing, it's like, well, Alex is getting up and she's having her porridge this morning and she's doing her cardio. And I bet you, she could do three more reps. You know, I'm not, I got to get out of bed. I got to do this. You know, what's Alex's intensity right now. And I hope that other women listening to me talk will hear me and think, ah, Nicole's training. Nicole's doing her cardio. Nicole's getting her macros in. You know what I'm saying? Like it really fuels that. And another thing about us women competing, you know, and validating our presence in the sport, because this is, it's supposed to be a male dominated sport, but you know, the women are really coming on strong, but you know, we want quality, you know, we want a good quality lineup, you know, and if we look our best and we push each other, um, you know, it makes it a lot more fun, but definitely, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, about who, who I admire and who I'm going to be standing next to and, thinking, yeah. yeah, you know, they're, they're not eating these Cheetos and Doritos, you know, they're eating their, <laughs> they're yeah, well, drinking their BCAAs and, you know. <laughs> yeah. be fabulous if you could get away with eating that on your prep. <laughs> you know what, I'm not going to tell a lie, but I think I would, I was having Doritos, I think two weeks before Worlds, I just put them in. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's something, you know, it, I, I just tend to fit them in. I feel, I don't, I'll tell you though, I, I don't look or I feel crappy afterward. I really do, but. Yeah. Um, okay, so m- moving on a little bit, that we've we've got a few questions, and we'll we'll probably just come come round and uh, tie things all up uh, before the end. But um, with re- there was a few questions with regards to your training, uh, Nicole, sure. um, as in um, the common things really. W- what is your general approach to training in terms of you know are you a a a low volume high intensity lifter are you you know big on volume uh do you follow sort of a quote-unquote bro split um what 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 is you know i know that we can get we can get sort of quite deep into um you know the intricacies of it but but briefly what what is your general approach to training um well i do work with ryan sullivan um, that's Cyunis and Fitness, uh, Team Suff. Um, but getting into more like my preferences, I mean, I, I've only been working with him for the past couple years, but generally my physique has been built on the bro split, you know, back and buys, chest and tries, legs, um, and then focusing on things like weaknesses. Um, I learned about daily undulating periodization. Um, from the likes of uh, like Lane Norton and um, what's his name, Mike Zoros from Florida State University. So I started to incorporate changing it up. So you had those high volume days. You had those, you know, uh, 15 plus reps, 20 reps. I, I did a lot of high volume days, high intensity, no doubt. So we're still going to failure even if it takes 25, 30 reps. Uh, so intensity is always 100% if possible. Um, and then those middays, you know, the ranges of like your eight to 12, you know, always trying to hit that. What is it like the 45 rep mark and such? And then uh, your low days when you go in, uh, you warm up enough to hit your PRs and walk out. Um, you know, so that daily undulating periodization came into play when I learned about it 
Um, uh, now it's like a lot of, um, I don't know, I, I want to say, I almost call it like overload principle. So my split's been changing every month, sometimes every two weeks. What I'm doing right now, it seems like every other day I'm doing shoulders, hamstrings, <laughs> and something else. So it'll be like shoulders, chest, hamstrings, shoulders, biceps, hamstrings, oh, glutes and calves. Next day, you know, back, hamstrings. It's like, oh my gosh, you know. So working on those things, and that is very figure specific. So there's a certain structure, uh, a mold, a standard to figure with shoulders, wide back, you know, because you have to display that back. Um, and then obviously I, I, I need to work on my hamstrings so that in those side poses, there's balance between the quad and the hamstring. Um, so that's kind of, kind of the training, the split. And I, I try to do it year round, um, only a break if I honestly need it, but training for me, uh, is a positive thing. You know, keeps me in good spirits, uh, makes me feel good. It's just part of my daily routine. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, it was interesting what you said there about um, like figure-specific um, training as well. We we had um we had a question off uh, Nicole Pollock. Um, yeah. She's a, a, a an amateur competitor within the BMBF, mm-hmm. um, and she asked um, any advice for a, for a new figure competitor. So, can you think? Is there anything else specifically that you would um I know that's quite a broad question um no it's a it's a great question because I think in the beginning you know if you're talking about building the physique you know those those are the specifics you know uh it seems that every every female competitor and figure uh it's almost like you can never train back enough you know just just train with intensity. Um, you know, don't let anybody talk you into, you know, training, like a difference between the way guys train and the way women train, train heavy, train hard, train with intensity, 100%. Um, it seems like shoulders back, um, depending on your physique, if you're more bottom heavy and you don't have the upper body, then obviously you're going to have to focus on that upper body. Uh, balancing back with good chest workouts, dumbbells, barbell, bench, uh, because if you have a stronger, stronger pec, stronger chest, stronger triceps, it's going to help you in those, that negative working on back. Um, and then balance, you know, look for those imbalances, you know, do you have big quads, but you don't have the hamstrings and you're going to have to do a lot of hamstring work, squats, definitely squats, deadlifts, you know, those, those big movements will really help build out. Um, and just know it is not going to happen, you know, in uh, six months or a year. Sorry, I got sirens going by. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just going to roll up the windows. Um, you know, it's going to take time to build up the proper physique to reach those higher placements, those higher elite levels, you know, depending on what your goals are. Um yeah so happen overnight yeah no that that's that, that's great advice and um uh, thanks to nicole for the question she also had another one following on from that she said 
Um, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently before becoming a pro? Um, I don't know about about doing differently. Um, I think I I I just happened to be lucky. I just happened to be blessed. Um, at that time, uh, with just training heavy and the people that I had around me, um, you know, good trainers, uh, good just you know in the sport giving me me good advice. Um, the only thing I now looking back, what I wish we could have done. Um, I know that I tend to see more high carb diets in the UK, um, especially when we hear about how many carbs David K <laughs> going into a show. It's like it's disgusting. Um, we we definitely went through a big phase for a long time in in those early years, you know, the early 2000s, mid 2010s, of high protein, low carb diets. Um, and I really think that those old bodybuilding bro diets really killed our metabolisms. So even though I've recovered quite a bit, I would say that what I eat in carbs is probably nowhere near what some of the, the newer competitors are able to eat. And that's just because my metabolism has been wrecked a little bit by some of these crappy bro diets. But that's all we knew back then. We didn't know any better. Uh, you know, going into shows, you know, cutting water, having 40 carbs and just just stupidity like that. You know, nowadays we're doing just the opposite. We're pushing water, we're carving up and, uh-huh. you know, things like that. So, um, but that would be the only thing that I, I could think of that just really sucked back then is, is we didn't know any better the mm. way that diet's supposed to be done. Yeah. Um, just uh, the, the, the powerlifting that you did. When was that? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago, right? Two years ago, I, I, I did um, a USPA. Um, I just, I, I needed to take a year off. I needed to take a year off from competing uh, to take a break. Uh, but I really just needed something. I needed <clears throat> something to do. I, uh, some kind of a goal. I was having a hard time. Just working out and not yeah. having something, you know, a goal, a finish line. And I had some friends who uh, did powerlifting and just, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you know, your bench is really good, that kind of thing. So, you know, started kind of training for it. And uh, they were in our circles, you know, um, of bodybuilding. So I, I gave it a shot, you know, um, did my first meet you know, five, six months after doing Worlds that year. Um, and I was like so close to getting, uh, I was really close to a national record in my age group, like masters, because I'm over 40. I'm 45 years old. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I where the only thing that really stunk was is that my squat is horrible. <laughs> you know, I have, I have perfect squat form because I had a really good coach. Uh, but in Eugene Ring, some people know who Gene is. Yeah. Uh, uh, so my squat form is perfect, but I can't squat that much. I, I still haven't squ- I still haven't squatted 200 pounds, I, like less than 100 kilos. I haven't squatted that in competition yet. Right. You know, but it, 
but uh, I did 187 pounds, I think, but yet my bench, I could rep out 135 pounds. So I had to hit, I think, 155 or 156 pounds. Seven, I think that's 70, 70 yeah. kilos, thereabouts. Mm. Um, so I was like, I, I matched the record in a non-tested meet, found a tested meet to do, and got the national USPA record. Held it for like a year and a half. <laughs> Somebody beat me like a year and a half later. But. It's awesome. It's just a shame that we can't always have like uh, equal measure in, in, in each um, uh, each lift. <laughs> It'd be great, you know, wouldn't it? You know, you know, but it gave me so much respect for a different sport. Um, the training is so different. Like, yeah, we're going to go in, do five reps. We're going to wait five minutes and then do it again. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to this volume, you know, and yeah. um, the eating, you know, they just eat, man, you know. But I'll tell you what it did for me, what powerlifting did for me, uh, deadlifts. I had never deadlifted like that. And, I, and, and truth be told, I'm a sumo deadlifter, yeah. you know, so we're, we're hated by some. <laughs> uh, that wide stance we only have to move like 18 inches and that's it um i built so much muscle chasing those heavy lifts um that posterior chain i mean uh deadlifting was great because as figure competitors we have big backs yeah. so if that bar was getting off the ground it was going up if i could get it off the ground a half inch it was going up i was good but my hamstrings were weak and that's probably where i i tore tore strained both my hamstrings at the insertion points you know the injuries and in powerlifting are crazy and that's why i didn't want any part of it anymore <laughs> <laughs> but uh the goal was to do powerlifting that year build up the base build some muscle and then go after worlds so 2019 worlds was a two-year plan yeah. so coming coming off of you know my my third place finish in 2017 I knew I needed a year off to straighten things out and and I'd always my biggest problem was that 10 percent I never had that extra 10 percent you know there was always that little bit more that I just didn't have going into worlds um so you know I I just invested a lot more training a lot more time and more dedicated, you know, um, had this conversation a couple times with, with different people about what it takes for that champion mindset. And I'm going to be completely honest. It is an obsession. Uh, it is an obsession. If you want to win, it really does take up a lot of your brain space in your head. It takes up a lot of your time. Um, but if it's the goal that you really want then you're going to have to put a lot of lot of time and a lot of effort into it. Um, so that that two year plan, you know, going into it, um, everything just fell into place. Yeah. You know, the one year of powerlifting and then a, another year of of a different style of training, uh, working with Ryan Sullivan with Cyunis and Fitness. I mean, because it was crazy because his 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 competitors were always beating me. So I I you know that. <laughs> it, it it just uh you know it i just i i said you know what I, I what what are you doing you know what i mean so uh very knowledgeable very knowledgeable smart guy and uh it made all the difference yeah so, yeah it, you know it, it, it's um i mean i've done that myself i've taken a, a, i usually take a year out 
in between each competition that, that competitive year in bodybuilding and, and one year decided to do powerlifting as well um only trained for a push pull um and you know i really enjoyed it and i, I think that when you take the focus away from uh, building muscle and concentrating on performance which obviously powerlifting is <clears throat> um you, you the byproduct of that really is the the extra thickness in the muscle that you probably don't notice um going on you know and being added so yeah i mean it, it's a it's a great sport as well powerlifting I, I i really enjoyed it the um it's a different kind of buzz to being on stage but um, but yeah, certainly is something I would say to people: give it a go if you if you feel you've got, um, you know, the ability to do it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. The competitions and every it's like one big family. It's a lot yeah. of fun. A lot of back slapping and uh, people headbutting each other. <laughs> 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 it's funny. It's funny. I enjoy and a it. lot of injuries and a lot of injuries. <laughs> yeah. Looks yeah. Like, no, that, that's all, awesome. He, hearing you talk there about that, um, you know that that goal to to 2019. It's like it's it's very clear from just hearing you there, but also from from meeting you as well. Of, of not just from a competition point of view, but you're obviously clearly someone who's extremely passionate about bodybuilding. Um, you kind of. Uh, you know come out every every year to worlds even when you're not competing um what what sort of what sort of keeps you motivated from from here on is it just that self sort of uh wanting to improve on on your previous performance um yeah i you know especially like the year that I did powerlifting and I came out and I judged worlds and you see everybody up on stage and you're just like, ah, oh, I wish I was up there. Um, you know, I think we motivate each other, you know, seeing, staying in the loop, um, going to other shows, giving back to the sport that's given me so much, you know, keeps me motivated when I see good quality competitors on stage, you know, and they're, they're hungry to learn. Um, but then coming off of something, you know, like the 2019 Worlds, you know, after chasing that title for five years, um, you know, I, I have to repeat. I have to repeat. I mean, that's 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 it. it, it you know, uh, when I look at the, the 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 women that have come before me, um, Tiffany Sipos, Alex Ellis, you know, it's like, all right, I, I, I got to do this. I can't be just one and done. I've got to I've got to repeat, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I also understand that there's, there's always improvements. There's always improvements. There's always things I got to do. Um, and on top of it, I mean, I'm 45 years old. Uh, I'm not 20 something. I'm not 30 something. And that brings with it a whole different, um, set of obstacles. Sure. Um, you know, my, my skin tone is just not as good as some of these younger girls. Um, so what does that mean? It means I just have to get that much leaner. You know, I'm not going to use it as an excuse. I'm just going to do the extra work, you know, if that's what I really want. Um, you know, muscle maturity is definitely an advantage, but then things like skin tone um, is, is a disadvantage. But, you know, we just keep working at it. I mean, I, I keep I, I keep saying I'm going to retire. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I was mean, supposed to I was supposed to retire last year and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, 
you know, because good things came out of that. But uh, I don't know. I don't I don't I really don't think uh, I'm going to be able to leave this sport. Yeah, I remember you saying something about that in 2018 at, at yep. Worlds, and I was thinking, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, obviously I you mean, ca- came yeah, back I mean, and... it, it was time. I mean, I, I was wanting to, to spend more time, you know, uh, with my family and things. And then, you know, my personal situation changed and it just became like, nope, this is it. You know, this I, I can I can keep doing this for as long as my body will let me, but I'll always be around. You know, I, I may not compete at such an elite level. I'll do it for fun. I don't know if that's even possible for me <laughs> to not go 100% full bore. But yeah, I mean, I, I love the sport and I like giving back to the sport, you know, helping out and uh, being backstage helping or at the at the front table helping in some capacity. I think- yeah, absolutely. A lot of us would have been lost in 2019. Those of us who weren't in Miami, they think we probably would have been a bit lost uh, without your mobile phone streaming live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, which, was, which was wicked because I was sat at home um, just ever so grateful uh, being able to watch. And it was right in front. Couldn't have got a better seat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. I I've been doing that for a couple of years, and it's become like a like a thing, like a trademark. Like I, I start getting messages that weekend. Like, are you going to be live streaming the show? You going to live? Yeah. You going to Facebook live the show? But if you yeah. noticed, I mean, shortly after I I I won Pro Figure, that live feed went down. <laughs> uh, my daughter, my daughter came running backstage. My daughter come running backstage down those stairs, and she's like, "Mommy, you won! Mommy, you won!" And we were off taking pictures and and celebrating, and you know, uh, yeah. as would be expected anyway. So yeah. Um. So I know I know last year uh, last year you you also did I think it was it a WMBF show that you you did as well. Um, well, that's right. And, I did say um, I was going to come back around to that, didn't I? And I did not. Yeah, yeah. it was just that we had a question from uh, Elijah Lewis uh, on Instagram. Um, he he was asking basically, you know, do you bearing in mind that some of the classes can have maybe subtly different criteria between federations do you prep the same for each organization or or do you sort of you know approach things differently in terms of sort of your peak week and things like that maybe for for a diff you know different organizations yeah if so i really um i really got into um worlds did um uh, you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. You'll probably have to edit this out, but someone was trying to do an Instagram chat and it ruined. <laughs> they won't leave me alone. There we go. All right, I'm back. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I, I went after Worlds. Uh, in Miami, uh, I really couldn't celebrate too much because um, that next weekend I had to drive up to Worcester, Massachusetts, and I was returning. It was kind of coming full circle. I was returning to where I kind of started, um, where I got the, my first pro show. I got 11th out of 13 competitors. I was going back to the Monster Mash. Um, 
and I did uh, figure and fit body, uh, winning both uh, open classes. Uh, the WNBF uh, required me, even though I had been pro with them before, they required me to requalify. Um, so I, I went ahead and, and as much as I don't think that that is fair, I'll go ahead and do it because, um, I mean, if that's their requirement, but in yep. my mind, I'm thinking I'm taking somebody else's pro card. I have no business with as many years as I've been competing with as much high placements as I've had. I really have no business competing as an amateur, not to say that that competition still wasn't tough at the amateur level. It was still very difficult. But yeah, I, I did both the figure and the fit body. Um, so going into those shows, what I would do in my mind is with that softer look of figure. And when I say soft, I, I re I'm really not saying soft. I'm still going to be 100% at, at intensity. Mm -hmm. But for fit body, I'm going to go a little bit leaner. You know, so I'm going to go do those couple extra weeks of dieting, maybe come in another half pound, one pound leaner um, and pump up a little bit more to make sure that uh, I've got that leaner look. Um, me specifically, I, I, I really start to shine as a competitor when I start posting. My quarter turns are not as strong is when I do my favorite poses like a front double bicep or my rear double bicep. Uh, so fit body is starting to look like a really good fit for me. Um, so my plans this year are to start off in figure and then to uh, go back to the monster mash and, and do pro fit body. Um, so that's cool. kind of what I have in store. Yeah, no, that's, that's uh, very insightful. Um, you know, how, you know, you can just vary things based on how the season goes along and, and the leaner you get. Um, yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we also had another, the, the other quick question that we had was from uh, another BMBF competitor, Mark Hodson. Uh, he asked, what is your favourite post-show meal? <laughs> <laughs> Well, down to the nitty gritty now yeah th these are important decisions let me tell you because i think we all have our list of like the things we want to eat when we're done competing for the season you know it, it always seems that when we all get together at worlds we always end up with a burger we always end up doing burgers bacon cheeseburgers um you know but i but i hear these yorkshire pudding wraps are absolutely amazing uh, amazing amazing <laughs> You need to try one. You need to have those in your life. I had one last year. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, the, Man the Manchester Christmas markets, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, that the, they're messy um, because you've got things in there like gravy and meat and vegetables. But honestly, you will love those. <laughs> Everything you need for a post-competition meal. Absolutely. It's a, it's a perfectly balanced <laughs> meal. <laughs> it's all in there. So, um, <laughs> um, all right. So, um, sorry, go on, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say, um, obviously, one of the uh, or a couple of the things that we, we do uh, regularly um, 
on the podcast is uh, best and worst moments um, in uh, your careers uh, in bodybuilding, so to speak. So do you have any um, anything that you would consider your best moment or, or your worst moment? Because, I mean, even though obviously some people might just regard winning your pro card as being your best, but sometimes personally that's not the case. So what's the, what, what are yours? Well, I would say, um, and it's funny, all the Facebook memories are coming back um, a couple years ago. This this would be the, the weekend of the BNBF Scottish. Um, and I would say up up to that point, being being invited to come up to do the guest spot at, at the Scottish, um, you know, what was it, 2017, w- yeah. was definitely a highlight for me um, to be to be regarded you know, highly enough as a female competitor, figure competitor to do a guest spot, mm. uh, really just meant, meant the world to me, meant the world to me. Um, I, I love Vicki McCann and Guy so dearly. Um, and I just appreciated that moment. Um, and to get to meet, you know, other competitors across the pond that I don't get to see, they don't get to see me because they maybe can't make it over, you know, to Miami for worlds and yeah. such. Um, but yeah, definitely after that, it would have to be winning the worlds cause I'd been chasing it, you know, for, for five years. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great that, um, you were able to, you know, come to the UK to do that. And I think that probably reflects, um, a lot, um, on, uh, Vicky and Guy, um, and the BMBF really that, um, people are willing to travel that distance, um, you know, for, for, for a, a guest spot. I mean, it's it's important and it's great to, to have uh, guest uh, poses. I, I, I do enjoy that feature when when they are put on. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's wicked. Yeah, I, st- I still remember that, actually. I think, was it 2016? Uh, I think it was. Scottish. Yeah, it probably was. And it was, um, I think, was it Florence and the Machine? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that you posted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Spectrum by Florence and the Machine. Yeah, that's right. Great yeah, song. awesome. Great song. And um, obviously, on the flip side to that, then is there is there a worst moment that you've had oh. or that you least enjoyed? Um, probably the times that I totally screwed up my prep going into a competition. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys. I think we lost it there for a moment. Or my my worst placements because I just totally messed it up. But um, I think in in general though, maybe not so specific to mine, uh, my own competition path, but just in the world of natural bodybuilding, um, I would think some of the disappoints of disappointments have been surrounding like drug testing when we've had failures, liars and cheats. Um, or drug tests not being sent in by promoters, and it's been such a shame. I think that that's probably been the low point uh, in yeah. the sport for me. No, I mean that, that's that's an interesting point. It's, it's a new one as well, um, really. Uh, no one's ever mentioned anything like that before. Um, so that, that that is it is a shame, really, because obviously you want to make sure that everything's a level playing field, and anyone who um, would use any substances and stuff you just you, you, you are cheating others but you're cheating yourself 
And that's right. it's a crime. It is, it is a shame, especially for our sport where you have to fight for seemingly for validation against, like, say, the non-tested federations um, even more, uh, just sort of to try and prove your worth um, as natural bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, great, great response. We, like Chris says, we're not really sort of heard that response yet, but it's a, a very valid one. Um, and uh, so, and, and I suppose uh, that. That could lead on to um, our next sort of thing that we talk about is our bodybuilding uh, room 101. So what sort of, you know, what what thing within the, the sort of bodybuilding and fitness industry would you, you know, want to put in the so-called room 101 and get rid of? Hmm. What would I get rid of? I, you know, I, I just, I, I really wish that we could get rid of some of the egos, um, the egos of, of the presidents of organizations that don't want to work together, uh, or think that they're the best, um, and just don't want to come to the table and talk, you know, and there, there's, there's a lot of good communication, positive communication, uh, among some of these, the heads of, of natural bodybuilding organizations, but then, you know, there's those couple personalities that just sour it for everybody. And it, it affects the competitors in our ability to, uh, compete, you know, on stages, uh, you know, the money and the payouts, uh, the quality of the shows, um, you know, geography, cause sometimes, you know, we're limited to what we compete in based on what shows are around us. Um, you know, so if, if I could get rid of anything, it would be just the egos and just being able to, to work together for, for the, for the good of the sport. And it's it's crazy because a lot of those same egos that I wish we could get rid of are the ones that are saying that, that they're doing everything for the good of the sport when really they're, they're the poison. In the yeah. Sport. yeah. Very good point. Um, Absolutely, because yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people um, who've been on the podcast in the past have already said, you know, they would um, relish the opportunity to be involved in a uh, super show where all the uh, best of the best and the, of the pros come together and, and, and compete together, and and that, I mean, what a spectacle that would be. Um, but there just seems to be this division amongst certain, uh, amongst a lot of federations, really, about wanting to do it you know um and they've all got their own reasons as to why but it just it just seems like they seem a little bit invalid really when you know a stage is a stage and a bodybuilder is a bodybuilder let's you know put it on and see what happens it'd be grateful yeah and it's it seems to be really bad in the united states because we have so many natural organizations and all these little pockets of the country whether it's the southeast the northeast out west um, and, but I think we've pretty much gotten it down to a good two or three, you know, major competitions at the end of the year that pretty much say it all, mm-hmm. um, that if somehow, you know, you can plan it just right to get these, you know, two or three competitions back to back, you know, it, it kind of puts you where you are on the map, you know. Uh, you know, def- and I would say definitely, you know, DFAC Worlds because it's open, you know, yeah. any pro, any natural pro 
you know, any amateur, you know, in, in you know, placing uh, to qualify, you know, uh, it's open, you know, come on down, you know, come enjoy Miami and, and hang out with, you know, some of the best friends that you'll ever make all over the world. Yeah. Um, you well, know, this year, the Cayman Islands, uh, fingers crossed. Yes, Cayman Islands. I've never been. I've never been. No, no, neither, neither have I. But um, it would be amazing if 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 if, if it does go ahead. Um, you know, uh, COVID nineteen uh, restrictions permitting. So, we'll keep. We have, uh, we have, I'll put on. I'll put on my false eyelashes with the mask. I'm I'm all right with that. I'll yeah. put the tan on. Uh, um, maybe we can bling out the mask. <laughs> yeah, I think you might. Got to do, to man. There. Do what we got to yeah. do. You can make a killing on that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no that, that you know uh really uh interesting perspectives there and i think we're all you know as competitors we're, we're we all just want the same thing don't we we're all just uh want to compete um on a good stage with like-minded people um in natural bodybuilding and and uh you know, it'd be good if, you know, sort of the, the, the higher, you know, the, the federations, you know, maybe one day can work, you know, come together and, and put something, put something on even, you know, even if it's a one-off, um, you know, to, to showcase the best of the best. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the age old debate um that we've we've had on here many times with with different guests um and and as always it's it's good to hear your perspectives with you know as someone who's um been in the sport a long time yeah i mean and, and something like that i would do it i'd go i'd, I'd make whatever adjustment adjustments needed to be made and and do it definitely you know just to give it a go yeah i mean yeah again it would be good just to have the whole whole um you know all the the, the categories um at pro level on on the stage i think it'll be a wicked show but there you go uh it's it's out of my hands but um but yeah but so but um, i think um you know i mean what i don't know if, what your thoughts are nicole on on the sort of land landscape of, of natural bodybuilding at the moment is for, from my perspective it it seems to be on on a real high at the moment like the the standard of competitors throughout you know the the all of the pro ranks throughout all of the federations but also the amateur ranks as well um you know the standard just keeps keeps getting better and 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 deeper as well um and and i think it's it's sort of quite an exciting time for the sport i i would agree i you know when I see the junior classes and I'm, I'm just in awe. Uh, I'm a fan of the sport is, uh, you know, watching as much as I am, you know, love to be on stage. Um, but to, to see the, the standard where it's at. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely say that it's probably the highest coming out of, out of the UK. Um, you know, and, and especially now in the fem- the female classes, the women's classes, um, it seemed that for a while, the United States was really carrying uh, much of the higher placements in international uh, level shows. Um, but, you know, especially in my class, you know, when I competed in 2019 and having Gemma stand next to me, I was scared. 
I mean, she looked phenomenal, you know, um, uh, you know, so I, I really think the standard is just is just coming up and at a younger age. Um, yeah. I think the, you know, the, the passion for for lifting and then getting into the sport of bodybuilding at a younger age um, is turning out. Now you're, you're getting a better quality at a younger age. So can only imagine after about 10, 15 years, you know, what what some of these competitors are going to look like, you know, in the pro ranks. After we've all long retired, have walkers, gray hair, and we're just judging, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and I yeah. think, yeah, well, uh, and it's funny, you know, you should mention uh, Gemma. I'm sh- uh, I, I've talked to Gemma uh, on um, Instagram quite a bit, and she's, you know, it was her first year in competing that year. Um, and, you know, she, she loved it, and she, again, that, that she's got the book for it. Um, and I'm, sh- I'm sure she'll be... Um, absolutely uh, elated to hear you say that and, and compliment her in that way because obviously she clearly will look, look up to you um given the standard and the, the the time and experience that you've got within the sport so um you know i'll i'll thank you for that on her behalf because i know she'll oh, absolutely well her you could you could tell that it may have been her first year competing but she'd obviously put her time in uh, and her phys- yeah she she developed her physique over time you know this wasn't like something she just decided to go into the gym and do a show and three, yeah. six months later, she put her time in and it, it definitely showed. And presentation yeah. was absolutely just beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, lovely competitor. Agreed, agreed. Um, so we're, we're just coming up on uh, the uh, hour mark there. Um, are you uh, okay for time at the moment or have you, are you, do you have anything else you need to be doing? No, I'm good, I'm good. Fantastic. You guys. Uh, Tom, have you got any more questions there? Um, no, I, I think we were we we're actually uh, maybe going to wrap up um, with you know with that unless uh, unless you've got any more things you wanted to sort of specifically cover. Um, no, 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 I haven't um, actually. I, I think I've I've really enjoyed listening um, and uh, getting your perspective on things, um, and I'm I'm, I'm glad that uh, we could get you on um, in particular just because I, I know that there'll have been plenty of um ladies waiting for a, a a pro figure to come on um so i really appreciate it so i just wanted to pass on my thanks to you for that uh, nicole and um also hopefully you know uh you know god willing that uh, later on this year we'll, we'll actually get to uh, meet in person um and, uh, and 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 enjoy a bodybuilding show <laughs> right well thank you very much for having me on um my plans i would i'm hoping with the travel bans getting lifted i will be at at the british in, at the end of september fantastic mm. yeah yeah no uh, and i'd just like to sort of echo what chris said you know it, it's great to have you finally you know we've been talking about doing this for, for quite a while uh, so so we're glad to finally have you on the podcast and um, I think there'll be lots of lots of girls, you know, new figure competitors, um, and you know, female competitors in general who uh, will 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 have found what you've said, you know, uh, very sort of helpful. And um, yeah, we, we we might catch up again, um, maybe maybe after your next shows after. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank, thanks again, and uh, we look forward to um, you know seeing seeing how things pan out over over the coming months. Oh well, thank you guys very much. I, I it's a pleasure and, and and an honor to to talk with you guys. 
Awesome. All right. Um, have a good day. And um, to all of the listeners, I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Um, if you do have any suggestions on, on sort of future um, guests who you'd like to, you know, like to hear from, um, you know, do let us know and we'll, we'll try our very best to, um, to see whether they'll join us on the podcast. Um, so until next time, uh, take care and uh, we'll uh, see you soon. Take care, guys. Thanks, Nicole. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.